Welcome to the Drunk Guys Book Club, where books aren't just for school, where book clubs aren't just for women, and beer makes everything better. I'm Mike. I'm Nate. I'm Jimmy. And we're the Drunk Guys. And this week we are reading Something Wicked This Way Comes by Ray Bradbury. And in theme of the book is the evil carnival. So we're drinking pretty much only beers today from the Coney Island Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Who it'd be nice if you you know retweeted us or something. We'd like to be our friend. You could be our friend, <laughs> and we're gonna start with one of their beers. Then we have some uh, one thing that's not theirs. I grabbed it randomly. Probably should have saved it for the end, but we're gonna start with it. It's hard cherry cream ale. Mm. He said hornily. They're not the first people to make it, but Coney Island was the first company to make hard sodas that I had, and they are my favorite. Their root beer is my favorite. Their ginger ale, their orange soda. Better than anyone's. Their orange soda is. Oh, and these are all alcoholic. And they're, of course, yeah. They're, yeah. Hard, they're hard sodas. They've been aroused. <laughs> and so, they take little blue pills. So they have this cherry cream ale, which I don't know what kind of soda this Ooh. is supposed to be. Like, it's not cherry soda. It's not cherry soda? Well, I mean, is there a cherry soda? Yeah. I think they're an old fashioned, old, old fashioned soda fountains. There was cherry. All right, I mean, maybe. Like cherry Coke and shit, but. But this is not cherry Coke. This is no. like cream well, like, soda with cherry. Cherry soda exists. And uh, this is really, I, I, have a, I only know one place where I was able to buy this, and this was the last bottle they had for sale. I don't really even like cherry-flavored stuff, but this is pretty awesome. This is really good. It is. This is, this is really dangerous. <laughs> yes. What, what percent alcohol is this? I think it's five and change. So it's like a real beer. It's a real beer's amount of alcohol, but you do not taste it. Now, I have not been able to find any of their hard sodas lately. The normal stores where I used to see either. it all the time, it's not there. So I hope they haven't you know, gone out of business or something. Maybe it's a summer <clears> thing. But man, I love their root beer. And this cherry cream shit is amazing. This is really, really good. Right? You can just pound this. I'm glad we don't have more of this because I wouldn't wake up tomorrow. <laughs> I, I have a couple more, but I'm, I'm not sharing. Fuckers. So, oh, it's so good. It's so good. So why are we drinking this? Well... Something Wicked This Way comes is Ray, one, of Ray Bradbury, one of Ray Bradbury's few novels that's actually a novel and not just a bunch of short stories wedged together. You know, like The Martian Chronicles or The Illustrated Man, yeah, which are basically short story collections. Uh, this is one that's actually one story, and it is from, you said the year second. 62. 1962. It tells us... It was story. published anyway, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I know he had a shorter story version earlier called Dark Carnival or something like that that he wrote in the 50s, and this is hmm. that formed a kind of springboard for this. But I've never read that, so I don't know how similar or different they are. And it tells the story of two, you know, adolescent boys living in middle of America kind of town and a carnival. It literally town. doesn't say where. It's just kind of middle like, America. Well, it's generic of, America. It's part of the Greentown series. Like he has a bunch of novels and stories. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, I read about that kind of. And there's, you know, they're doing their usual twelve-year-old boy things, <laughs> and a carnival comes to town. That seems like it should be a really cool and exciting thing, but it's, of course, dark and evil and evil mysterious. Magic. So join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> the end. There's a story. No. Um, so a whole lot of stuff happens. But, all right. So if you start at the beginning, it's just about the two main characters, Jim Nightshade and Will... Potato. <laughs> Will Tomato, yeah. Um, that, that's a Nightshade, the Nightshade family. <laughs> yes, it is. And Will, what's his name? Holloway? Hard Pear. <laughs> I hate pears. I think it's Holloway, yeah. Yeah, Jim Holloway. So anyway, they meet up with a lightning rod salesman who somehow can can predict where lightning is going to strike and sell you a lightning rod ahead of time. Now, when I originally read this, I thought he was part of the carnival, but I guess he wasn't because he was totally later a victim of the carnival. He gets borged. 
but just sort of his like magical thing of like I can predict where lightning is going it's to strike. Gonna be on your house, boy. Yeah, exactly. Now it turns out his house was never actually struck by lightning, except he goes on this really <laughs> crazy adventure because of the carnival. So maybe it kind of did. But yeah, like, it's a cool lightning rod. It has all sorts of like Sumerian writing on it, it's like cuneiform and ancient, oracle bone inscriptions, magic, and all these different languages to protect you from the lightning god, something. So instead, it's instead of his house getting struck by lightning, it's the final week of October, and a carnival shows up in town in sort of like the middle of the night. When and October is kind of a weird time for a carnival because that's supposedly late, too late in the season for carnivals. So they Back show when up. There was a carnival season. Well, it's certainly a summer thing. Mm-hmm. You know, now we, especially no for us growing carnivals. up in the city, it's a summer thing to have like street fairs kind of stuff. I guess in the you know fifty years ago, it was a bigger deal. Well, they arrived like on a train, so right because they weren't. I mean, this is right around the time that you know they've just built the interstate highways, so to lug across all of these, uh, you know, tilted worlds and whatever else they got. And the book is definitely supposed to take place in kind of a past. And at Newton passed the part of the United area. States. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, it's not exactly the 50s, but it's also not exactly the 40s or the 30s or the 20s. But it's it's kind it's of sort good, of a good old America times. Yeah, What's exactly. this vague nostalgia time that Ray Bradbury writes about a lot. Yeah, you know his what he kind of combines of his childhood memories and you know other inventions and stuff along the way and stuff he read about. Known today as the real America. Is it? Yeah. All right. I'll take that. So the carnival. Uh, so it has evil the, carnivals in it. The, the, the two children. That too. I mean, they're like about to turn what? Thirteen, or is it fourteen? They're twelve. Yeah, they're twelve. About, about to, to turn, turn 13. thirteen. That's a thing about their birthdays. They're born one day apart. Just minutes. One apart. was born right before midnight. That one was born right after midnight. Yeah. So anyway, they go and visit the carnival, and turns out the carnival is weird. It's very it's, strange. It's Even weird. though carnivals are supposed to be a little bit weird, this is like extra. Extra weird. Like you get a palpable strangeness. Mm-hmm. Like something's off. This is also back in the day when sideshows were still okay. And they're right. still okay. They don't really have them much anymore. No. But it'd be okay if you, you saw You can't like look at this midget. Like that's not that's the thing we have anymore. Look at this, you know, pinhead. Yeah. Yeah, that's not nice. You're right. It's not okay. Bearded lady, is that cool? Yeah, it is. That's fine. So the first <clears throat> weird thing that happens is open up another beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the weird thing is... Oh, they have beer at the carnival? Is that what happened? There is. So there are a lot of weird things that happen at the carnival. Oh, yeah, well, there's a beer at this one. Now. Mm, this is our weird. second... Oh, fucking hit the microphone. Sorry. Our second Coney Island beer. This is Mermaid Pilsner. It is 5.2% alcohol. We've had Pilsners before. I've already said I don't like them. I think they're kind of boring. I do actually... <clears throat> Like this Mermaid Pilsner. I've had a lot of this in my day. So do you know why it's called Mermaid Pilsner? They use actual mermaid flesh to make it. Almost. That's almost what it is. So the original Coney Island beer was made by the Schmaltz Brewing Company. We actually had Coney Island before. We had it for the whole We had a Schmaltz, yeah. And Cavalier and Clay. What did we do for Cavalier and Clay? It was their hop, hop mana. Oh, no, we had Schmaltz. Yeah, yeah. So Schmaltz made Coney Island as well in the beginning. And... They served it first only at this bar at Coney Island, as far as I know. And I remember having to go there to get it. And it was a pain in the ass to take the train for 8 million stops on a Saturday night to get to fucking Coney Island. And there's a, they have a mermaid parade in Coney Island annually. So all of the beers were named after Coney Island things. There was Freaktoberfest. Um, we had that one, too. That's the one I remember having. But we talked about it was being a different beer. The original Freaktoberfest was like a red 
weird beer like Kool-Aid. And the new one now is like a pumpkin coffee beer. Oh, uh, yeah. That but, was good. But the other beers were all named after freak things because it was served at the freak bar at Coney Island. So they yeah, had is hum- that different from the brewery they have there? Or is like a it's a totally thing? different thing now. So it was, they okay. had Human Blockhead, Double Block. They had uh, Sword Swallower was one of their beers. And they had one called Albino Python. And they were, they were only sold in 22 bottles. Yeah, I know. That's what I call my dick. And they... No, is that what you're talking about? Both inches are, both inches are enormous. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And anyone who wants to deal with it better be a sword swallower, otherwise they're going to have a hard time handling it. As I was saying, they for a couple of years they had their Coney Island beer that was there, and then the Schmaltz Brewing Company sold it or was bought or something. Now they're owned by the Boston Beer Company, which is the same company that Sam Adams is. Hmm. So everything changed in the beers, and that's when you started seeing all those old beers no longer are made, which is unfortunate because they were pretty sweet. When was this? A few years ago now. I don't know exactly what year it was. But I mean, it was probably... I mean, I went to the brewery maybe two years ago. Then you went to this this new this, iteration. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, we had Mermaid and the Cherry one, I think, and... Yeah, I guess I didn't know. And they have a lot, of, and they have way more stuff now. In the beginning, yeah. it was because in the beginning it was basically all it wasn't in kegs; it was just bottled, and then they have bottles for sale there. So they have way more distribution now and way more beers now. But they got rid of uh, some of the really weirder stuff. But they kept the connection. So the whole thing I started this ran, random uh, spiel was the mermaid thing is the con- one of the connections to the actual Coney Island. So they kept this one. This one's like a... Well, they kept the name. I don't know if they ever actually was made by the other company or if they did make a mermaid pilsner. It might not be the same recipe. But the mermaid thing is a direct connection to Coney Island, the place. And this is, of course, the beer started before Coney Island got all hip and gentrified. Like, if you go to Coney Island now, it's nice and clean. It's not... I mean, like, it's not that gentrified. It's like the beach itself is nice and clean. But if you go two blocks... Oh, it's awful. It's not gentrified at all. You just walk... If you go there in the evening, you walk at the perimeter of the well-lit places and you just see the wilderness. Like, the awful, scary, shitty neighborhood. Yeah. Just waiting to reclaim it. old-timey Brooklyn. Or old-timey 1980s Brooklyn. And you just eat a lot of Nathans and you just fart your fucking brains out all over that boardwalk. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you guys do there? I mean, they have a nice uh, concert venue there now. What, What is that called? The Coney Island Amphitheater. Oh, fuck that shit. Never been there. I saw Flog and Molly there. Meh. Primus is playing there this year. All right, we we'll have to go. With Mastodon. Oh, God. Yeah, that's why I'm probably not going. Oh, <laughs> well, just going to be late. <laughs> well, I don't know who's headlining. Primus isn't headlining? It's a, it, from, the, from the thing, it looks like a shared headliner tour. Ugh. I don't know. <clears throat> Masturbatedon is a terrible band. Yeah. Anyway. anyway. So, all right, there are many... Weird things about this carnival, but one we should definitely talk about is the carousel, because the carousel plays a really important part in the plot. Probably the most important part of the carnival. So I think it's really the one of the only weird parts of the carnival. Besides, like there's some weird people. Well, besides the weird, besides the weird people and the um, in Mister Electrico. Yeah, I mean that's part of the people. So anyway, but he's part of the people. So anyway, the carousel. This is a magic carousel. So the two, Jim and Will, they go see all the different. They go see all the different uh, attractions, attractions, and they're all kind of normal and they're all kind of fine. But then the carousel, there's a sign that says like out of service, like keep out, don't Don't go go here, kids. But in the in in Jim or Will, no, it must be Will says, I don't trust signs, and so they go on. I don't read good. Like literally, he says, I don't trust signs. I read that line like seven times in a row. Sign, sign, everywhere there's signs. I don't know the rest of the I words. Can't remember, I, was trying, I was really trying to remember the next 
Is there I don't even know what the rest of the words are. Are there more words? No, 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 that's a song? In my yeah. mind. Is it from Hair? It's from Hair, right? It is. Sign, sign, everywhere, sign. That's uh, It's on classic rock radio. That's why I know I'm the song. Sh- I do not hair. know if it's from. I don't know. So wait, there's a sign. And talking, I saw the sign lyrics by looking this up. It that is up your not <laughs> the song I was thinking of. I would go on with my story, but Mike would just And the in. sign said, long-haired, freaky people need not apply. So I tucked my hair up under my hat, and I went in to ask him why. He said, you look like a fine, upstanding young man. I think you'll do it. So I took off my hat and said, imagine that, huh? Me, working for you. Whoa. Sign, sign everywhere, sign. Blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Blacking out the scenery. I never knew what do those this, words were. Do this. Don't do that. Can't you read the sign? <clears throat> this is the music version from hair? of I thought it was from Where here, but maybe I made that London. up. Maybe just because he talks about his hair. I just imagine that. Where was London is a fucking awesome song. His hair was perfect. Bip. <laughs> anyway. You remember that line when he goes, bip, in the Where was London? He wants you to know. His hair was perfect. Bip. <laughs> he just says bip, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, can I go on with my story? You um, can if you want to. Yes. You sure? It's not from hair. Uh-huh. I was wrong. I thought hair it was just a generic 60s rock song. It's from 19, 1971. Uh, close enough. Hair did have a song called Sodomy. Go on, discuss. There's okay, there too. <laughs> Look, the, the the carousel. The boys go on it. They just I don't know. They just go and turn it on. Where there's like nobody there. They're like, yeah. They run the fucking. What, do they? They don't run it right away. They, they just, see people near it. They see a guy go on it and come off a little boy. Well, first they they go on it, and then they get kicked out. Yeah, they don't and turn. They, they, they don't turn it on. Watch. They're given passes. Come back tomorrow. Yeah, right? and then they see the dude. Was Mister. Mr. Cougar and Mr. Dark. Dark. So they see him go on it. I forget which one. The carousel runs. Mr. Dark is tattooed man. So uh, they see one of the dudes get on the carousel, but then the carousel runs backwards, and it plays the music backwards, and then he gets younger. And not just a little bit younger. He turns from like a sort of like middle-aged man to a boy. Like he's, it, so the he, book describes like him like a, shrinking into his clothes and like melting. It's like a year per rotation. Yeah. He goes from a man to a little boy after, and they're just watching this, and then they're like definitely pretty freaked out. Naturally, as you know, you do. <laughs> if you saw such a thing, you'd think it's weird. Yep, I would be confused. They and then they see, and then they go back home, and then they come back the next day, and then they see it again, and instead it goes forward, and then it turns out to be they see him go like forward over and over and over again, and then he's like two hundred years old, and they think he's dead, and then they call they call the police and the ambulance, and the police and the ambulance show up, and Mister Dark, who is like totally the evil dude of this whole thing. Puts him in an electric chair and electrocutes him, but that like keeps him alive, right? It's honestly nothing in this book is really explained that straightforward. No, no, it, it's, it's just like oh, he was old and then he got older and then they did the electric to him and then he was fine and he lived through it like no reason why. Mm-hmm. And then they made the thing I didn't really get about this book is they don't explain why they do this. Like why do they go town to town? But they could just fucking do it anyway. Like just turn the just yeah, wherever just they turn are. the carousel backwards. Get on. They don't. They they never really explain. Like, do they suck the life force from the people, which would maybe make some amount of sense in terms of you know literary shit. But they just they're they, just they just sort of like going from town to town to like give themselves over to achieve. Yeah, their, and the like, people like the shitty people in town become part of their sideshow. It's it's weird. I don't really get it. But the 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 sideshow is powered by like the energy or the. Vibes that the people come there and kind of give off, and it like you so search that they need people around to age themselves backwards so they live forever. I think so, that's what I got. I, I, it, it, I mean, I guess it didn't have to be spelled out pretty clear, but it was not said 
there, there, no reason was given for really almost anything. I kind of prefer that. I hate when it's spelled out too much and then it becomes not interesting. I, mean, I, feel, I feel like there's a middle ground. Sure. Well, I think it doesn't have to be middle. like full, like, and this is why this happened, but it really was just. But it also doesn't have to be full Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where anything can happen for any fucking random reason. Yeah, at least Hitchhiker's or was no funny. Reason. That's about the only thing that book had. Well, yeah, that's really all it had. But this one was just, it didn't. It just kind of, you just had to accept everything, like, oh, they went backwards in time. All right, cool. I mean, I get that, but, like, why did they do this? Well, I think carnivals and circuses have an inherent creepy quality to them. Yeah, and I, I mean, I thought that was the most promising part of this, and that it, maybe it's because we're here now and not in 1960s stuff when sideshows were all that, but I think sideshows are, are interesting. It's an interesting part of our history as a country, certainly, but, and you know, and you could, like, easily put the whole magic stuff onto it. But this was just like, I don't know, it felt kind of shallow. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of hard to say, right? Because it's one of those books that's considered a really classic work of this genre of sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, I, I, just, I, don't, I don't know why. Like, you can't find a modern sci-fi fantasy writer who doesn't just straight up blow Ray Bradbury. Yeah, I think for mm-hmm. the genre, he was absolutely very important. But I just didn't understand why this book was considered that interesting well i have a theory but i don't have to wait because we need a beer and to match the mermaid pilsner which we actually never really talked about what it tasted like it tasted, it like, like, beer. tasted like a pilsner it, like beer. it was it pretty, had a spicier element to it was it. good i mean it's a very normal beer it's readily accessible in many places still this one's easy yeah the sodas are hard to find right now, so hopefully it's just a summer thing because those are the tits but there's like a spicier element there's, there's like a little pepperier taste for the first time in months <clears throat> on the drunk guys book club nate is going back for seconds on a beer Wow. It is the Cherokee, the Cherokee Mail. Mail. all yeah. yours, Nate. You enjoy that. You earned it. You, you have that diabetes juice. Well, to go with the Mermaid Pilsner. Stuff that beer's dick. <laughs> we got to do its partner. The Nate, Mer- Nate. Uh, fuck, marry, or kill that beer. <laughs> <laughs> do we leave that in as the question? Can I do all three? You can. What's the order? The order is kill first. <laughs> After that, it doesn't really matter. You'll be going back and forth. Give me the cup. <laughs> so this is Merman New York IPA. This is the opposite of Mermaid. That's why I picked it next. Also by Coney Island. This is one I have not had, but there's no such thing as a New York IPA. That they just they think they're just that's just its name. It's not like it's a style where there are other styles like English IPA, Northeastern slash New England IPA. Maybe. It's five point eight percent alcohol. What do you guys think? Nate, stop drinking the cherry cream ale. This one's a little. Uh, the IPA. It's, it's a little bitter. I mean, it's an IPA, so it's kind of an eh, IPA. It's, it's, it has like a. I'm a. I'm a. I, I actually am like just uh, if like I'm at a bar and there's just a bunch of beers on tap, I will go for the Mermaid Pilsner, a lot of times because it's, it's it's a nice one that is just perfectly acceptable for generic, beer drinking. Oh, I like. Yeah, it's fine beer. I'm just not a huge fan of it. Like, I would not buy bottles of this to have at my house because. I have. I, I like have, to have weird stuff. I have a few times of like, oh, there's gonna, what's going on? I'm just going to have people over. I'll get a bunch of mermaids. Because it's a fairly standard, unobjectionable, middle-of-the-road beer. Definitely. And I think that this merman is a similar type of IPA. I don't think anybody could really find fault with it. It's not hyper-hoppy, hyper-bitter. I don't like it as much. It's, it's an IPA, though. So. Well, we know that you are not a fan of IPAs, but this one, yes. is, it's fine. It's not, yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not insane. It's not like IPA to the max. It's a regular merman amount of IPA. 
We have to, you know, we at the Drunk Guys Book Club have found ourselves in possession of some IPAs that we want to do in IPA episode four. Just but a, we need. We could just do a book about India. We need your suggestions in a book about India. What do you think? I got nothing. I'm not fucking reading Midnight's Children. <coughs> really? No, I read it once. No, thank you. We gotta read all of the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> we need a few more beers on. Just put that put that idea out there for you, internet world. We already have an idea for Life of Pi, maybe. Yes. So we don't really know. Is that an Indian author? No, he's Canadian. But it's it's, it's about the, India. Uh, yeah, the protagonist yeah. is Indian. So if you could think of a book that would make sense for us to maybe drink, maybe like a sweet novelization of uh, <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire. Well, it's based on a short story. Yeah, it was Q- based on Q- 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 a first. or something like that's called. Is a short Q- story? A, yeah, I think it is. No, thank you. If you could think of one, or you can think of any book that you think the Drunk Guys Book Club should read, or if you have beer we think you, you think we should drink and you want to send it to us, please contact us at drunkguysbookclub at gmail.com mm-hmm. or the bunch of other places we can be reached. If you Google Drunk Guys Book Club, they will all come up. That's true. They're, we're the only one. Yeah. The Just who, they, who would crawl across the fire for you. <laughs> <laughs> so come to our window and tell us what beers we should have. We'll be home soon. So going back to this Merman, Merman New York IPA, it's a fine IPA. Yeah, it's fine. I will probably, honestly, never go out of my way to find it again. But now we know. I'd, honestly, I always wondered, would there ever be a Merman drink? Because I drank the Mermaid so much. And now I know. And I know that I don't ever have it again. <laughs> All right. I mean, through no fault of theirs, it's just not my thing. It's not your thing, yeah. I it, think if you like IPAs, it's fine. I prefer double IPAs anyway at this point. Like single IPA. And Nate's a big IPA fan, too, I think. Yeah, but now I've had so many of these double and you need double a hopped, a little something more. Double, double hopped, dry IPAs, whatever they're called. Double dry, ho- dry hopped. Yeah, exactly. Or double dry hopped. Nate always goes in double dry. Dry humped. So yeah, they, it, it's fine, but it's sort of unremarkable in comparison to a bunch of the others. Yeah, I think you need at this point. This is the sort of beer that you need people with a more refined palate than us to be able to say why this is better than the other. Five and a half percent alcohol IPA. And I still might be wrong. Like it's, it's all opinion in the end. Totally. Well, I mean, there are certain things that are like obje- oh, no, objectively yeah, true. Yeah, objectively. Like if I filled it with cat piss, you would know That's it was a bad idea. You mean you Budweiser? Never, you never know. <laughs> well, yeah, Budweiser is cat piss. It is. Sponsored by InBev. <laughs> never. I would totally take InBev. If you want to sponsor us, send us an email at drunkguysbookclub.com. So let's go back to the book. I forgot what we were saying. They're doing the carousel aging. Right. Well, we were talking Oh, we were talking about why is this a book that people think is so great. Well, we'll yeah. talk more we about that. We should probably get that to it later, yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, Jim and Will, they now know that something is definitely wrong with this carnival. That something is definitely something's weird. Yeah, something is definitely something's weird. Wicked. Something wicked. Which is a reference from anybody? Anybody? Shakespeare. It's Macbeth. I was going to go with, uh, you know, like an old-timey Wham song or something, but <laughs> I was wrong. Wake me up before you go-go? Is it, is it from that? Wicked me up. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> so they know that something's weird. And so... I think the witches say it in Macbeth. That would make sense. Yeah. It's like, by the twiddling of many thumbs, something wicked this way comes. Because it rhymes. It's got to be the witches. Mm-hmm. They're big into rhyming. They're the first rappers. Bitches be rhyming. <laughs> MC Coven. <laughs> They're more of a group. It's true. It's true. WWA. Like, like, like Wu-Tang. Individual <laughs> members. <laughs> As Nate was saying, we'll be, we'll be good. 
I don't even know what I'm saying. So Jim and Will, they now know that something is definitely weird. Uh, and so they go home and they have this all this other like weird stuff that happens with their like seventh grade teacher who and their and Will's father. Who's the custodian at the library. Who's the custodian at the library, who is clearly a very depressed man. Yeah. He's also old. Yeah. Well, okay. He's in his like late forties. No, no. So he's fifty-four. All right. They say in the book he's, but he goes on and on about how old he is. Oh, I'm just so old because I'm ready to die. Well, the life expectancy in 1962 was was, (laughs) fifty-five. I mean, it wasn't fifty-five, but it was fifty-six. It was. It was definitely much longer today. But he says he's like lamenting about how his whole life has gone by. And that he just and he never wants learned to, to yeah, read. They have wants like to be young again. Long spiels mm. about what a fucking mess his life is. Once his son and his son's best friend come up and say, "We're getting taken over by demons." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, by the way, kids, I've never talked to you before, but my life sucks, and I hate your mother. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, is that how everyone's childhood goes? Yeah, it is. He's like embarrassed that he didn't get married and have a kid till he was like thirty-nine or yeah, forty. Yeah, it was like a source of shame, and it's. That is definitely a way in which that this book is definitely shows its age, because just fifty four and have a teenage kid just doesn't sound that old anymore. It's perfectly reasonable. Pretty standard, probably. Mm-hmm. And so, and he's yeah. Anyway, he goes on and on about that, and he's clearly depressed. And he's the janitor in the library, but he just stays in the library all night and reads all the time. Yeah, like he he would like move around his whole life until eventually he found a nice lady and said. Fuck it, I'm going to stay as a janitor in this town because she's really nice to me. And I'm going to have a yeah. kid. One day I'll learn how to read. If I look at these symbols long enough, they'll make sense. <laughs> it, it definitely is one of the things, one of the many things in the book where it's like, oh, that feels old as shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting. Ray Bradbury is one of the big names in sci fi. A lot of his stuff feels very of a time. I feel like, like sci fi dates itself way easier than other ones. Sure, because it's, it's this is not a sci fi book, but most sci fi books. The thing that makes them science fiction they, they, is that it talks about technology age, that doesn't yeah. exist yet. So since they talk about t- technology that doesn't exist yet, they project based on current technology. So you'll see like 1960s technology, 1960s sci-fi is all about, oh, big computer with computers with punch cards and tape machines and stuff like that yeah. because that's what they it's knew. Like when you watch the original Alien and they're like interstellar spaceship like DOS. on MS-DOS. <laughs> it's like, wow, look at those green text computers they have flying and between in stars. The future. Yeah. And they're still typing in fucking command prompt nonsense. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, all, all technology-based sci-fi does date itself within like four or five years, especially nowadays as things accelerate. Yeah. Like even science fiction written probably five years ago, a lot of it looks dated because of the way it... <laughs> she handled. used a BlackBerry. Ugh. He pulled out his sidekick nine. <laughs> <laughs> like Fifty Shades. I was using my space That's iPod. That, that's because that was terrible. It's not because it's sci-fi. It's because she was just dumb. I fired up my MacBook Pro. This next generation I tech. logged into Gmail, the newest, hippest thing. I think uh, in 50 Shades of Grey, it'd be G-Spot mail. No? It would. I guess not. I it guess would, not. but he never hit that. He hit everything else. Yeah, he was only in there for like 14 seconds. That's all she needed. Apparently. Because it was coming out of the other side of her. <laughs> like he was Vlad the Impaler. I have no idea where we what we were talking about. Oh, we're talking the about Christian Grey's dick. The dad was the dad <laughs> was very depressed. That. Oh yeah, so the dad was very depressed. 
And so the kids, they like go back home and then they go back to the carnival and they go back home and they go back to the carnival. And, and then there's, they like, go a, there's and, like a witch and a lady that becomes a little girl. Yeah. With their seventh grade teacher who it's, goes it's, in the, it's, with the hall of mirrors, but becomes a little girl. It's very and weird. This plot is not as straightforward as it could and be. Then, and also not much happens. And then Mr. Dark, also known as the illustrated man. His magic moving tattoos. Yeah. They go, he wants, goes out to find them because the Mr. Dark knows that the kids somehow know something. They go to, and then they go, they hide out all day and then they go back. They hide in the sewers. And then the father spends all day in the library researching because, you know, people use libraries for research back they then. They had all the old newspaper clippings and they found out that the carnival has been doing this. They come to a town every 20 years or something and they mm-hmm. just travel through and it's the same guys and they're same. always there. Yeah. They age. And never. it's weird. Oh, it's really spooky. Mm-hmm. And then the father goes on this long rant about how, fucking, I don't even know. I don't even know he what He does go about. on a long rant about like... A lot of long rants Society about and it's like, I don't know. It, it was fucking, it was weird. Uh, he's clearly, to some degree, he's Ray Bradbury. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. He's, that's, pont- that's he's pontificating. And, but Ray Bradbury was like a rabid anti-technology person. Really? That's a weird thing to be for a sci-fi writer. Ray Bradbury was super anti-technology. Just read any of his books. Technology is always the bad thing. It always is the cause. Of, only, but does that mean he never used a typewriter? He used a typewriter, but a typewriter was invented before he was an adult. Therefore, it's but I'm sure Ray Bradbury born. never was like, "Let me get onto that, you know, fucking G- Google Drive so I could save my documents." No, he didn't do that. No, because he, he was dead. He was dead as shit. He died in 2012. I mean, whatever they had. 2012. Yeah. Dude lived forever. Or 2011. He was, he was like 90-something years old. Okay, 92. well, you probably didn't get on Gmail just because he definitely he was didn't. too old for that. I mean, if he couldn't handle a fucking, be anything beyond a typewriter, he never got onto G-Drive. But he also was not, would not have even been interested in it. You know, he would he was one of those guys that would like, I need the tactile, I need the paper, I want to smell the ink ribbon kind of guys. Because he's just an old-fashioned dude. No, yeah, that's, that's fine. We talked about this in Fahrenheit 451. He was old-fashioned in 1954. He's, mm-hmm. he's been always an old hipster douchebag. Well, he wasn't a hipster. I think he was a Luddite. I think he was an anti-technology guy. He thought technology was making people lazy and stupid, which maybe he's right. I mean, to a certain extent, Could certainly. It kind of does make us lazy and stupid. I mean, I think it just, I think it hyper-amplifies people's inherent laziness and stupidity. Or just inherent qualities. Like, I feel if you're going to be a lazy, stupid bitch, you're going to be that way whether or not you have a smartphone. Right, but it'll just be easier to be a lazy, stupid bitch because you have a smartphone. And reach more people I think I think it. it'll be more apparent that you're a lazy, stupid bitch. If you were that way without one, then whatever. No one's going to know. You like, you're just going to like read. Uh, they didn't have People magazine in 1962, but they had the equivalent, and no one knew that you were reading it. Cosmopolitan? <laughs> yeah, same shit. Same shit. Was it still like 712 ways to please your man? It was just ads. Everything was just ads. Maybe Ray Bradbury was afraid to take the plunge. <laughs> Honestly, I I was going to say the next step or the plunge, so I was pretty close. How's that for a segue? This is another beverage made by the Coney Island Brewing Company called the Plunge, Belgian-style ale. It is brewed with ginger, orange peel, and fennel seed. Fennel. Kind of long rodent. You, the first two sounded great. And then fennel seed. Isn't fennel like a licorice kind of flavor? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yum. I mean, that makes sense with a... Carnival. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, isn't that one of the things that the barber says in the beginning of the book? He's like, oh, yeah. you can smell the popcorn and the licorice and the whores coming to town, kids. <laughs> <laughs> all those whores that age backwards. Start at one side and go out the other. It's all right, kids. <laughs> they have the whores. They put them on the carousel. They come off as children. You do your business. They put them back on. The police don't know anything. It doesn't count. 
It's like stage play. It's like they're acting. Ba- being back in the war. And I'm like, something wicked this way comes right in my pants thinking about it. What do you guys think of the beer? Okay, thankfully, it's not very licorice. You definitely taste all those spices, though. It's, it's actually pretty cool. I like it. It definitely tastes some sort of spicy I mean, Belgian-y I, kind I of thing. I hate licorice as a flavor, though I think, I want to say 95% of the earth thinks licorice is a terrible flavor. I think, yeah. I think everyone except for Twizzlers thinks it's like the company itself. But even like most people that work there don't like it. They're working there because they need a job. I'd like to think they're actively sabotaging it. They couldn't because it couldn't make any taste like worse they're than regular. Like they're just taking shits right in the Twizzlers. I mean, that would, that would only improve it. <laughs> Ooh, chocolate flavor. It tastes a little like a little less than licorice now. Did you guys know that licorice had corn in it? It does. <laughs> only certain, only certain sticks. <laughs> Those are prizes, son. I made that for you. <laughs> so this is a uh, Belgian style ale. It's fine. It's a good beer. I'm sorry. He just can't top those sodas. The cherry one was lovely. This is this is also pretty good though. Actually, I really yep. like this one. That's a fine beer. Of the three beers we've had, the not picture is not as cool. The pictures are all kind of weird. They're all pictures of sort of circusy things, carnivaly things. It's like 1940s, 50s kind of style. I think it's way with over. like a with like a modern twist to it. Mainly, they just take an old-timey thing and put tattoos all over them. That's exactly what their, their shtick is. Oh, that guy's wearing like a turn-of-the-century bathing like a suit. Mary Poppins. Oh, no, it's a Chitty Chitty Bang Bang kind of swimsuit. I never saw that movie. Well, you just haven't lived. Have you seen the um, the adult version? Yes. Shitty Kitty Gang Bang? It was messy, to say the least. In Germany only. Those cats, all, the one. cats all got Hepsi. <laughs> There's another, uh, another good one, another good poo uh, adult film. Bye bye, Turdy. <laughs> Just go through my Dick Van Dyke movies now. Cherry Poppins. Daddies. <laughs> so I mean, we get to knock out the rest of the plot of this really basically, quickly, really quickly. Yeah, really quickly. They stop it. <laughs> they defeat them. But how? With love. They break the merry-go-round. Yeah, but then like. They have to save people. They have to well, they they kill the bad guy. They don't save anyone. They save the dad. The dad gets stuck on the merry-go-round. Well, I mean, they're, they're all on the merry-go-round at the same time, and they kind of are fucked, and then they save him. But they don't save anyone that's, that was, like, previously raped. Oh, no, they're Like, they don't dead. save the woman who became a little girl. She's just fucked forever, or, like, for, no, 40 years. And the old guy stays old and dead, but he was a bad guy anyway. And they just kind of... Don't they force the bad guy to stay on the... They force him, and they all like, Jim, Jim Nightshade dies on the merry-go-round for but, reasons. But he's not dead, really. But then they, but then they realize if you just laugh, it will scare away the bad feelings, and that you can't be defeated by the by the carousel. Which is why, I, which is what going back to what we talked about a while ago. That's what par- powers the carnival is the the people's cheer sadness. and the, the it 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 draws the energy from the people that are yeah. there. That's I mean, why I, it was it, the, the carnival is not really worried about being solvent. It, it, no, they're not worried about like you know the, the balance sheet or anything, but because just, it was it was ne- it was never really that apparent why they did anything or why they came to a city. I, I think it's just because it's evil. Yeah, it's I mean, dark and creepy. Beyond, and evil, beyond, and beyond the fact that it was just oh they're the bad guys and that's what they do. It it, it, it was never made apparent that they like they sucked the life force from a city. I guess you could you could infer it. I I think that's what they're doing though. That's the vibe I got. Yeah, I mean that. I mean that's 
it's a vibe I I guess I could understand if only because nothing was explained otherwise. You kind of have to make up your own reason. Yeah, but based on the evidence that's was this there. One of, I mean, was this one of those things that was like, you know, put out a chapter at a time? No. It wasn't? I don't think because so. Because each chapter was literally two pages. That's Ray Bradbury's style, though. Was no, I, I think this is one of his only things where it wasn't written It came like out all that. at once. He wrote a book all at once, and it was published as a book all at once. Because yeah. it, was, it was like 95 chapters long. He wrote 700 short stories. Yeah, he's written. But he only he's, wrote he's about eight novels. prolific as shit, but. He wrote very few novels. This is one of them. This, Fahrenheit, is the other big novel. A lot of the other quote-unquote novels are just a bunch of short stories glued together. This was meant. This was made like this. I think he just wrote in short. Like that. That was his thing because he wrote short stories for economic reasons. Yeah. The guys in the, the I mean, at the time it made total sense. Well, that's what they, they those those writers, you know, Robert Heinlein and Isaac Asimov and Arthur C. Clarke and Robert Silverberg and all these other like golden age sci-fi fantasy writers. They wrote for weekly and monthly magazines. That's how they made. They paid their bills. The yeah, novels 100%. were like the vanity projects. So this was this was. I mean, that's how he learned knew how to write. But this was made as one cohesive whole. It was not serialized or anything like that. No, it's not serialized. All this beer. I'm not interested in this one at all, actually. <laughs> but we're going to drink it. This is also from Coney Island. And I'm not excited because I'm always disappointed when I see a beer with this in it. This is called Watermelon Wheat. It is an ale brewed with natural flavor and natural flavor added. Whatever that means. After the fact. I've never had a good watermelon beer. I think I've only ever had one watermelon beer. Hmm, this is interesting. Watermelon flavored Jolly Rancher. It's the idea of a watermelon. The essence of watermelon. You know what? I will say it's the best watermelon beer I've ever had. I can think of maybe one or two other ones I've had. That is it. exactly why. But it's not. It's. it's I do not taste the watermelon. It's a, it's a very faint aftertaste. Because watermelon doesn't have a really strong taste. No. Yeah. So how do you water. how do you put it in anything? You, you just let it. You let flavor. its ghost. Come into your mouth. It ectoplasms into your mouth. <laughs> so much ectoplasm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it is. My computer room is haunted. <laughs> <laughs> it was a spooky ghost. I think they take some sort of natural watermelon flavor and they just dump a shit ton of that into this beer. And still, you can't taste it. It tastes like I had a Jolly Rancher, a watermelon Jolly Rancher, spit yeah. it out, and then Two I Two years it. ago. And then <laughs> I took a swig of beer. I, I get a little bit of it. Yeah, there's a different faint... Faint, very faint. You know, it's in so many watermelon beers have a depressingly small, a disappointingly small amount of You're uh, used to that. watermelon. I am, yeah. Not as used to it as your mom is, though, Jimmy. That's true. Because they have a disappointingly small amount of watermelon, you'd you'd think maybe uh, the brewers choose to do that. It's just it's not a it's not a super strong flavor. But they could just put more watermelon flavoring. If they're using an, like an artificial flavoring agent of some sort, yeah, I just mean, put more I, of it. I guess it's it's just, it's I don't know. I it, mean... Maybe it tastes shitty when you put too much watermelon there. Maybe it's like too candy-like or too... They could just use like the base of the watermelon, or the center of the watermelon is the best part, yeah, I guess. But I'm sure they're, they're not... They're, when they're they not brew this, they're not cutting watermelon. open watermelons. They're, they're pouring in, you know, watermelon flavoring number two out of a jar. I mean, you never know. And watermelon Jolly Ranchers are really all sugar. So it's not like if you took the sugar away, there's still almost no flavor there. No, I do know. Does it say, look at the label. It doesn't say brewed with watermelon. It says brewed with natural flavor. And natural flavor. They wouldn't downgrade themselves. And there's a lady sitting inside of watermelon, like a -a tilt-a-whirl. Her husband's name is uh, Walter Walter Melon. Melon, (laughs) Neil, the drum solo of life. (laughs) Back to this book. 
This book's done. Uh, so at the end, they, yeah, like it really, it's kind of, the it's plot, really straightforward. It's the plots. I mean, it's it's like a 1950s, 60s book, sci-fi book, which is very, it's very straightforward, and it's. I don't and know. they save Jim it, yeah, by I mean, singing "Oh Susanna," and they they save him by doing a very racist dance. They break dance. They do the Macarena. <laughs> the Irish step dance and back to life by taking their shirts off and Michael flatly in. It's just, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's not a sci-fi book, but it's Ray, a fantasy Ray, novel. Ray Bradbury as a writer ages very quickly. I think his short stories are better in general because he doesn't have to worry about plot. He, well, he has plot in the I mean, short stories. about like long-term plot and like, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I really actually wanted this book to be really great. I really wanted to like it because I love sci-fi. I think Ray Bradbury is probably a good author. And I like sideshows and carnivals. And this was like, man, I'm not going to find a better book designed towards me. And it was just like, eh. You know, my issue with it was that it was supposed to be scary and suspenseful. I mean, maybe it was scary but back in, in the 50s when they were afraid of, like, black people coming to town. <laughs> well, okay, I wasn't going to go there. But well, I mean, what I was going to say is, in, the book. in 1962, this is the era b- before a lot of the really crazy, like, horror movies have come out and other really scary books. Oh, scary, like, Creature of the Black Lagoon and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. That was considered scary at the time. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, they but were just weak-ass This bitches. book was definitely <laughs> not scary. It wasn't like suspenseful. the scariest part was like there was an old lady in a hot air balloon. Yeah, and exactly. hit her with a sword, and the balloon powered popped. with farts. And then they washed the roof. <laughs> she eats nothing but cabbage. Yeah. and then they washed. They the washed roof. the roof because she put her snail coos all over it. <laughs> well, let me ask you: What is a scary book you've read? A book that scared you? Like scary? I mean, you know, like you were like afraid. Really? Like I've never read it. Suspenseful? Scary. Okay. No, like okay. Suspense well, is different. Suspense is like, ooh, what happens next? Scary is, oh, I'm scared now. I mean, we'll I go just back peed to, a little. Well, I didn't pee at all. But uh, go back to one of our earlier episodes, The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I didn't think that, that was scary at all. Uh, it's not. So here's the thing. It was I, I don't get. It was depressing I don't get shit. Like, scared by things, but it is the kind of thing that was potentially I don't know scary. the word for it. It was, it was disturbing. Like, it, was just it, was dis- it was disturbing and we definitely. Had, there's a lot of unsettling shit. Yeah, very, definitely. A lot of unsettling things and parts that were like whole, where I was holy shit, what the fuck is going to happen next? Like, this is this is truly insane kind of things. Like, like I mean, and yes, horror, that... Horror as a genre is not very scary, as in books. But some people are. Some people are, like, shit in their pants reading scary I books. Don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. No. I have either. tried on purpose to read scary books. I read some fucking Clive Barker books. I've read That's The, the least Shining. scary thing in the whole fucking world. Because it's all, like, porny kind of stuff. Yeah. I've like read, read a lot of Stephen King. It's supposed to be horror, but it's not, not horror. It's just like, weird. Even The Shining, which is, like, his greatest book, is supposed to be scary. Like, Joey from Friends has to put it in the freezer because he's such an idiot and is afraid of it. That was an episode of Friends, if you remember. It's just... It's not scary for a second. I mean, second. maybe it's because... The Exorcist, not scary. Like, I've tried maybe, to read the scary Maybe it's books. a generational thing. But, like, a modern scary book, too. Like Those don't exist. Well, the modern, quote-unquote, scary books are all, like, serial killer books. But those aren't even scary. Well, they're just disturbing. They're the just scariest thing is you're like, oh, my God, there could be a murderer around me. I guess. I, don't, I, don't, I'm, I am easily scared by movies. Like, I'm not I'll, either. I'll puss, I, no, I am, though. I'll puss I'm out not, big I'm time not. in a movie. Like, even a movie that's terrible, that's just jump scares. Ever tell you guys about the time I, we watched The Exorcist as kids? My brother and I? Mm-hmm. I told you? You told me, yeah. But I not on the podcast, so you're going to hear it again. Well, I, I haven't heard it, so it's okay. I have a younger brother, and uh, growing up, my mom worked nights, so it'd just be us and my dad. And we begged, it was like, I was maybe 11, my brother was nine. We 
he begged him to let us watch The Exorcist. <clears throat> and he's like, all right, fine. Like, after saying no a bunch of times, like, no, no, we won't be scared. We'll be fine. And he's like, all right, we're going to watch The Exorcist. And we watched it, and it scared the piss out of us. We were fucking so scared. My dad's, like, falling asleep on the couch. He's not, he's not interested at all, and we're just so scared. We went to Catholic school. Like, this is scary shit. And so then it's over, and my dad's like, all right. I think we should have a beer I'm on a while we're telling this. Uh, this is this is big old apple wheat ale from this is our final Coney Island beer. Where did my cup go? There it is. That's a cup. I can smell the apple from here. My dad's like, "All right, movie's over. Go take a shower and go to bed." And I'm like, "Whoa, I'm not going to the bathroom by myself now. Are you fucking crazy? I'm gonna poop on the floor." I am. That is a scary thing to be in. And so we spend the next 25 minutes being total babies. It's like, "I oh, don't. No, you go first. Yeah, you go. All right, I'll stand by the door and you could go." And there's only one bathroom in our house at the time. <laughs> like, so we have just, and it's right next to the living room where my dad's trying to sleep on the couch. So he's super impatient with us. And we're, we're like, I won't go in the shower because then I have to have my back against something. And I get my back to the rest of the room at some point, And that's where, you know, the devil's going to be or something. And we're crying and scared. And he's just impatient and pissed off. And he just launches into this tirade about what disappointments we are. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, this is what happens. I've been watching... Too many cartoons making your brain stupid and you've been playing those video games and that's going to happen anymore. From now on, we need to have more family time in this family and we're going to start reading the Bible. And we're like, all right. Your dad said My that? dad's saying this, which you know my dad has never cracked never open a bottle. opened a Bible. <laughs> it just burst into flames if he touched it. And we're like, oh, he scared us so much through yelling at us for like this 10-minute lecture that we were no longer scared of the exorcist. And we took our shower. And Success. He, and, and it's like the one thing that stuck in our heads for some reason was, and we're going to read the Bible every night. And so nothing's worse than that. Well, we get out of the shower, and he's and he, like, we not not at the same time. Like we we successfully <laughs> successfully brothers shower. do. So we take a shower, then we we're, we're in our pajamas, and it's like eight seventeen p.m. And Dad's out cold on the couch, and we're like he said we have to read the Bible now. <laughs> and so we got the Bible out because we had one in our house, which was amazing. And like I guess we start at the beginning, and then we just took turns reading out loud from Genesis. And we read like six <laughs> chapters of it, which is not a lot. It's like four pages. <laughs> but then we go, Dad, we just read, we just read some of the Bible. You said we have to do that now. He's like, and he's he's all cold. He's like, <laughs> we we just read the first six chapters of Genesis. He's like, all right, that, uh, uh, what time is it? Uh, uh, Pass me a honey. Oh, that's all right. That's enough for tonight. I go to bed. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, Dad. And we would sleep. And then the next day, he was like, "You fucking actually read the Bible." <laughs> Why did you do that? You told us to, Dad. <laughs> it was scary. And you also said we can't watch cartoons anymore, and we can't play Sega Genesis. Oh, have fun. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll maybe we'll think about some of those things. Never came up again. Never once ever mentioned reading the Bible again. This that night, we're like, well, I guess he didn't say we have to read it tonight, so we're off. I guess. It's the last time I read the Bible was <laughs> that day. But it stuck with you. That was the good parenting I received. This tastes like apple juice, the beer. It really does. The picture's really intense. That's that crazy apple. Well, it looks kind of like the Luna Park face, which is the slogan, the mascot kind of thing of uh, Coney Island. Oh, okay. The face with that same grin, but it's an apple. And it's the big apple because it's New York, which is where Coney Island is. <laughs> is it? So all that is to say, I'm not scared by books. I wasn't expecting to be scared by this. I expected it to be maybe a little creepy. A little weird, but it was, but it is definitely in a dated sense. Definitely isn't like, oh, that's quaint. It yeah. was, quaint is the word I would use, like hokey. That's fucking 56 years old. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't 
think it's bad because of that, but it is very, it's immediately dated. I agree, but you know what? I, one thing I was thinking as I was rereading it for this week, other authors have tried to capture this feel. So a book I've been reading ongoing, just pausing to read books for the podcast is It by Stephen King. Hmm. It totally is copying something Wicked This Way Comes. Does it really? The, I, mean, I read the, it. The vibe. Think. The vibe of like well, the I mean, 50s it's got, it's flashbacks. Got, it's got a 50s flashbacks. But, but all those scenes, like the same way that Ray Bradford's like, it was one of those summer nights when you could smell the cotton candy off the gypsy's lips and whatever. Like the weird shit he talks about. And the clouds rolled in and you just stared out and you wondered. Those kind of passages, that's totally being channeled by Stephen King in It. Well, it makes a lot of sense. The only thing missing is a child sex scene like in It. I mean, yeah, that, that if anything, that's close as we're going to get to a modern day horror book. It's uh, only 32 years old. <laughs> For us, it's modern day. It's true. So I like Ray Bradbury in general, though. Have you guys read much? I mean, we did Fahrenheit I for the show. I haven't yeah. read much. I haven't. I read Fahrenheit maybe when I was early teens. I don't know. I've read Fahrenheit in Martian Chronicles. Martian Chronicles is, is pretty sweet. I don't remember if I read Martian Chronicles. And Martian Chronicles is another one that kind of is dated just because of the technology stuff and mm-hmm. that one yeah. awkward story with the black people. Another thing that reminded me of uh, Bradbury in It was like the library as a central place, which I know is not unique to Ray Bradbury's world, but it's just another thing that felt like a strong connection between It and Something Wicked This Way Comes. I feel like, and I, and I know that, uh, what is the Stephen King book about writing? Dance Macabre or something like that? On writing. Is that what Misery? it is? No, it, on, is it a book about writing? It's called On Writing. Oh, yeah. And he talks about Something Wicked This Way Comes in that. Oh, I never read it. I think it's that one. He definitely talks about specifically this book. Okay. I mean, that's like he only did like one nonfiction book. Christine. The Haunted Car. Oh. <laughs> Is that what the Christine was? <laughs> it was, it was that was a true story. <laughs> Wasn't the one that dumb one about the fucking uh, Mack trucks that are haunted too? That's a thing? I forget what it was. But I yeah. knew it. M- Micro Machines, the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Tiny Racers. Well. Open me up. We have yeah. a final beer. It's the only one that's not a Coney Island, which is fine. We've not we've had other beers from this company. This is from Magic Hat. It's called Circus Boy, the Hefeweizen. It is it's made from real boy. <laughs> <laughs> this is young, our second second hefe. Young sweet boy. Super clean and crisp tasting. Mm-hmm. It's like water the beer. It's very straightforward, though. I mean, the only Magic Hat I've ever had was Number Nine, and it was filler to say the best this is like a light pilsner that's fair and it's super for a hefeweizen it's super clear and unfiltered looking and i didn't really get the uh wheat and yeast taste too strongly out of it it definitely tastes like a, a really light pilsner be amazed by our flavorful haze i don't see any haze though that's that's american style hefeweizen mischievous mischievous edition of lemongrass and a subtle citrus finish it's I mean, a, yeah, sure. It's a good summer day beer. Yeah, it's you know it's fine. It's a nice light beer. Yeah. So to just you know we got far away from something wicked this way comes. I take it you guys would not recommend somebody reads it. I don't think it's bad for someone to read it. I really <laughs> tried to like enjoy the book and really get into like what it was really trying to say. And I, I couldn't. What? what is it? I was. I, I kept. I'm, it was hundred percent with you. It was the kind of book where. I had to force myself to concentrate because every three pages, my brain was not thinking about what I was reading, and then I had to go back. At also, one point, every three pages, there was a new chapter. That is also true. I, I kept, I literally got about halfway through, 
and realized I had no idea what was going on, and then went back like it, it was almost back all, to the beginning. All again. the stuff was and very straightforward, but you would lose your place no because it was what like was going on. Not, it was just it was it was very it was forgettable. I'm still not entirely sure what happens at the end. Like uh, I really, I literally Jim, reread Jim it. Jim dies this and they dance him back to life with their spirit of positive thinking. Listen okay. to a bunch of Enya CDs and just <laughs> eat, pray, love him back to life. Uh, okay, so that and is kind of what I thought. That other lady never stops being a little girl. So I guess the part that I didn't understand was why. Uh, because magic. Because it's evil. It's all the dark things and oh, all, all right. the it's bad the power things. Of they're, they're so evil, they have a magic time-changing device. That's why the father... They've been doing we- this forever. And also, the, the, the lightning man got turned into a midget with big hands. And the father drew a smile on the bullet, and yeah. that's what killed the witch. She couldn't take that smile. It was the smile, right? Yeah, it was a little dumb. And, 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 that was a Penn and Teller trick I saw once, but without the... the yeah, I was thinking the, of the Penn and Teller trick at the with, same time while I was reading it. It's yeah. an awesome bullet catch. Yeah, yeah, because that's actual magic, and this book is bullshit. <laughs> I think Penn and Teller would be the first ones to tell you that it is not actual magic. Well, David yeah, Blaine would do thing. it. David Blaine would tell you it was actual magic. I mean, if magic really exists, and David Blaine said, yeah, I'm a magician, I'd be like, man... I believe you. And then he'd Oops. eat his own head. That would be great. <laughs> uh, I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to like it more than I found myself able to. I don't know. We'll have to find. We'll have to let Bradbury redeem himself. We'll have to do another Bradbury book. At some I don't. Point. I don't think it's. I don't think it's his fault. Well, I, I just think dated. it's yeah, it's sure. like I but I it has a, there's a weird window of being like dated. Like there's old as shit books like from the 1800s where it's just still like. Okay, I understand. This is a period piece. Kind yeah, of thing. like fifties, like stuff from like the forties to the fifties, sixties. It just feels dumber to me. Well, it's simple. maybe that's my per- that's my personal. I know thing. what you're saying though. It, it's simple. It's simplistic. There's not a lot of nuance. Yeah, in this. It's I mean, like just straightforward. Like it's good I've, and evil. I've read old. I've read old shit. Like I read Don Quixote, and it was great. And I read like Frankenstein. That was from the what the eighteen hundreds or something like yeah. that. And that was great. But like stuff from the fifties just seems hokey and fucking stupid. Maybe that's because we're conditioned to think stuff in the hoodies is hokey and stupid. Oh, we're getting all conspiratorial there? Not conspiratorial, just like... But the definition our, of hokey is uh, the 50s. Yeah, hokey is everything from that era. Like, everything we've re- been raised to believe is dumb and, like, dated and stupid is that. Like, that specific 20 years. Like, stuff from the 1500s is way dated, but we don't think of it as, like, corny. I think part of it is because that stuff is so separate from our experience. Every element yeah, of it certainly is different, except for like the universal things like sex and murder. Like, it's so different that you're able to accept it as almost as if you're reading a fantasy novel. And you know, when you go into when you read a fantasy yeah, novel, I mean, they're like, "Oh, we are the Blorflings, and we live on this planet." You're like, all right, whatever, we're doing that now. And it's definitely part of it. Whereas if you read a thing from the fifties, like this is kind of familiar, but it all seems kind of like, like it's, my grandma. It's, hard, it's it. hard. It's hard for me. I hear you. So, what was the best Coney Island? Uh-huh. Beer. It was definitely the cherry soda. Yeah, no, it, it without was. a doubt, it was 100%. That's just no pure contest. fucking candy. It's a lovely event, and I enjoyed it. It is hard to find. It was hard to find last summer, and it's totally this is an expired bottle that tastes this delicious. I'm gonna I'm gonna say <laughs> that as a you know just someone who goes to bars and has you know like regular random drinks for like things that are on tap. The pills mermaid pilsner is a good standby. And it's perfectly acceptable. And I, if it's there, it's like, oh, shit, I have to rely on this. It's like, okay, cool, that's fine. It's Because a lot of these beers that we have here are things that people don't have access to at a bar. Like, you have to go to a, a store 
to it's pick out. Point. And most people won't do that because they're lazy as shit. Can't blame them there. Yeah, and I mean, Drinking I, beer I enjoy be it, and I feel like they should have these things because they're awesome. But if you're going to just be like having like a beer at a bar on a random Wednesday in wherever the fuck. Somewhere relatively Mermaid near New York. Mermaid Pilsner is a, it's, it's a good, just like everyday average thing. It's a fine beer to have at a bar for sure. You're not going to feel like dog shit after drinking a whole bunch of them, and it's not going to taste like shit. It's a good beer that you could, you could pound a few and live. I love a good pounding. But that cherry cream ale, man. No, that's, it's beautiful. It's the love yep. of my life. It's like, it's like fucking sex pie <laughs> in my mouth. It just makes love to my mouth. <laughs> yep, like that. So, something we could, we'll find a redeeming thing for Ray Bradbury in the future, even if this is just hokey and old. Tell us what you thought. Give us a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. And, uh... We definitely read all the feedback, so uh, just put five stars so we know that you uh, you know what you're talking about. And follow us on Twitter at DrunkGuysBC, as in book club, or send us an email to DrunkGuysBookClub at gmail.com. <laughs> or go to Facebook and Instagram at DrunkGuysBookClub. Thanks for listening.